regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you have joined the program today. We're going to be talking about something that's going on not too far from where I'm located. So I do this program each and every day from Farmville, Virginia, which is uh, in beautiful uh, central Virginia, about an hour or so uh, southwest of Richmond, Virginia. I've got family who lives in Richmond. Actually, my son uh, lives in Richmond, Virginia. And Richmond is one of the many cities across the country that is seeing its crime rate go up, although the city does not want to acknowledge this. As a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, the uh, police chief in Richmond, Virginia, Gerald Smith, took issue with billboards that had been put up by police officers, rank-and-file officers in Richmond, warning that the city was becoming unsafe. This is the headline back in June. Richmond's police chief says billboards claiming the city is unsafe are false. Yeah, Chief Gerald Smith says the uh, city's understaffed, but it's not undermining public safety. Which is BS. By the way, I'm really going to have to try to watch my mouth over the course of this program because I am incensed at what is going on in Richmond. Look, we're seeing the same type of denial uh, in Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Either you've got politicians who are denying that the crime rate is rising or they're simply blaming it all on the rise in gun sales as opposed to their own policies that are exacerbating the violence on city streets. And that's actually what's happening in Richmond, Virginia, where Mayor LeVar Stoney says that, uh, you know, we got to do something about the guns. Here's the uh, headline. Richmond gun violence keeps worsening. Solutions sought as uh, numbers worsen. Well, the solution is simple. You go after those most violent offenders. In any given city across the country, you have a core group of very prolific offenders who not only are the most likely to commit violent crimes and the most likely, quite frankly, to be the victim of violent crimes, but they're the ones who spread this violence, right? They're sort of the, they they are sort of human super spreaders of violent crime. And they're known to police. Frankly, they're known to the communities that they live in and that they prey upon. So the key to reducing violence is to focus like a laser on that core group of hardcore offenders. This isn't rocket science. We know that this is the best way to actually reduce violent crime. But in Richmond, Virginia, Mayor LeVar Stoney, nah, he's got other ideas. Stoney pointing the finger to guns rampant on the streets and at a growing mental health crisis on Tuesday. Hours after 8 News pressed Stoney on the city's status, to find a solution to gun violence, Richmond police and a gunshot victim walked themselves into an East End hospital with life-threatening injuries. I'm incredibly concerned, said Tony, adding, no, it's not the 1990s, that's not the case. But still, when a person loses their son or daughter to gun violence, that's a problem for all of us. Yeah, he sounds real concerned. And it's true. The violence in Richmond, Virginia is not as bad as it was in the 1990s. But it's going up. And frankly, it wasn't supposed to. When Democrats took control of the state legislature in Virginia in November of 2019, gun control was their first priority. And since they took control of the state legislature in November of 2019, they have put more than a half dozen gun control laws on the books, laws that they told us would make us safer in the state of Virginia. Instead, violent crime has gone up, not only in Richmond, 
But in Roanoke, in Petersburg, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, these gun control laws haven't helped. They, they lied, quite frankly, to the public, ensuring them that, listen, if you elect us, you put us in place, we're going to put these common sense gun safety laws on the books. It's going to reduce violent crime. Nope, crimes go in the opposite direction. And again, the Democrats in charge of these cities in Virginia have no excuse other than, well, it's the guns. LeVar Stoney said he believes that uh, Chief Gerald Smith is doing everything he can with the resources he currently has. Well, who's in charge of ensuring that the police department in Richmond, Virginia, actually has the resources that it needs? Stoney emphasized that the department can't just solve crimes, but also has to prevent them. So whether there are weapons and firearms and firepower we see in these communities, we've got to get these guns off the street, Stoney said. Meanwhile, the uh, chief says the way community members can help get guns off the streets is to report lost and stolen firearms. That's not the issue here. You know, in fact, just a couple of years ago, the last time we saw record high gun sales in the country, we also saw record high gun sales in the state of Virginia, and violent crime dropped. So the idea that, well, increased gun sales is uh, what's leading to violent crime, not only has that been refuted by a study out of California earlier this year, the own anecdotal evidence of the state of Virginia indicates that that's not the case. So while Mayor LeVar Stoney in Richmond and the uh, politically appointed police chief there, Gerald Smith, point their finger at the guns, they're ignoring the human beings who are responsible for committing these violent crimes, for committing so far 40 homicides in the city of Richmond, which is uh, six more than what we saw last year, which was more than we saw this time in 2019 and in 2018. Now, I take this personally. I do. Not only because we're seeing these Democrats talk about uh, our right to keep and bear arms as if it is the problem, as if it is driving the violence in Richmond. As I said, my son lives in Richmond. And earlier this summer, about five blocks away from where my son lives, one of his high school buddies was shot and killed. Uh, Cody Woodson was a good kid, 20 years old. He played soccer with my son in high school. They um, ha hadn't been as close uh, since they graduated, but they still talked on occasion. And I remember Cody hanging out in my kitchen uh, and coming over to the house. And he was, like I said, he was a good kid. Uh, he always had a part-time job after school, played soccer. Just, you know, the, the type of kid that didn't cause any problems. Kind of knew what he wanted to do with his life. He had a plan. He had direction. And one night, he kissed his girlfriend goodbye. He took the trash out. And he was walking to a corner convenience store in downtown Richmond, near the campus of Virginia Commonwealth University. He was on his way to get a bottle of tea. And apparently, somebody, don't know who yet, because no arrest has been made, somebody got into a little beef with Cody, pulled out a gun, and killed him right there on the street. Same block, 24 hours earlier, a 17-year-old shot and killed in what police say was a botched drug deal. Now, in this case, they don't believe that Cody was trying to buy drugs. They think he was literally just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we are months later, and police are no closer to solving this case. They've not even identified a person of interest or a suspect. And sadly, that is the case with a lot of homicides in Richmond, Virginia.
In fact, I'm kind of curious because I haven't seen any local media actually ask the mayor or the police chief, hey, what is the homicide clearance rate in Richmond this year? Is it above 50%? Is it below 50%? How many arrests have been made in the 40 homicides that have taken place in the city? My guess is it's far below 50%. And the clearance rate for non-fatal shootings, even lower. Now, again, Democrats can try to blame this on a lack of gun control. They can try to blame this on a rise in gun sales. But what is really to blame for this rise in violent crime is their unwillingness to actually address serious, violent criminal behavior. I'm all in favor, by the way, of criminal justice reform. We do a segment on this program every day, the Recidivist Report, where we take a look at the flaws in the criminal justice system. I'm on board with getting rid of nonviolent possessory offenses like carrying a gun without a license. I don't think that should be a crime. But I think shooting somebody should be a crime. I think committing an armed robbery should be a crime. I think committing a carjacking should be a crime or a home invasion or killing a 20-year-old college student while he's walking down the street. Yeah, I think all of those things should be crimes. So I'm not opposed to the idea of criminal justice reform as long as the end goal is to ensure that there are consequences for violent criminals. And that's not apparently what Mayor Stoney wants. I'm sure that's what the police chief would like to see. But as a political appointee, he's not going to dare cross the mayor who put him in the job. And again, this problem is not solely confined to Richmond, Virginia. As bad as it's getting in Richmond, I wish that it were only confined. I wish this was a local story. But it's not. And we're seeing Democrats from Joe Biden all the way down to these local mayors. They're worried about the crime rate, not because of the lives that are lost, but because of the political consequences that they might suffer as a result. They're not interested in doing the things that can actually put violent criminals behind bars. No, we need midnight basketball programs. We need summer jobs programs. Those things might have a place, but they're not going to reduce the shootings and the homicides. They're not. Gun buybacks? What a joke. Telling people that, uh, well, if your uh, firearm is lost or stolen, you should report it to the police. Well, no kidding. Again, had to stop myself from cursing there. No kidding. As a matter of fact, it's now a law in the state of Virginia. So if you are a burglary victim, you can become a criminal if you don't report your firearm lost or stolen. But again, that alone, in fact, that's not going to do a damn thing. I was going to say that alone isn't going to uh, solve the problem. It's not going to. That in conjunction with other gun control laws isn't going to solve the problem because they're aimed at legal gun owners. These laws are not aimed at the people who are taking aim at innocence on the streets of Richmond, Virginia, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or Baltimore, Maryland, Chicago, Illinois. I, I do get upset about this. You know me, I'm generally a fairly calm and rational person. But I'm getting pissed at the Democrats playing politics with our public safety. Proclaiming that, again, if we just have more gun control laws, if we just stop law-abiding people from being able to protect themselves, well, then, gosh, violent crime is going to disappear. No, that's not how it works. In fact, quite the opposite. When Washington, D.C. got rid of its handgun ban, do you know what happened? Homicide rate dropped. Yeah. As, as people were actually able to own a farm in their home to protect themselves, 
Violent crime did not increase. There weren't more homicides. There were actually fewer homicides after that gun ban disappeared. Same thing happened actually in Chicago for a couple of years after its handgun ban was struck down. Homicide rate actually declined. Now, again, it's started to go back up again. But the idea that we can ban our way to safety, that if we just strip Americans of their right to keep and bear arms, that everything will be hunky-dory. I don't even know how many Democrats believe that these days, especially given the number of new gun owners that we're seeing across the political spectrum. But enough is enough. Quit making excuses for your failures to address violent crime. And homicides aren't rising in Richmond because gun sales are increasing. Homicides are rising in these Democrat-controlled cities across the country because the Democrats in charge of those cities aren't doing their damn job. And until they do, and I don't have much hope that they will anytime soon, honestly, I don't see things getting better. You know, President Biden has said, well, look, we got these billions of dollars for these uh, community uh, gun violence prevention grants. Governor Cuomo, <clears throat> still the governor for now anyway, uh, proclaiming, you know, we, we've got all these, uh, again, these initiatives. We're going to put these kids to work. We're going to get them off of the streets. We're going to make sure that they're living productively. Again, great. What's the timeline on that? How long should we anticipate it taking before these uh, efforts show results? A year? Two years? Six months? How long should we give these efforts uh, before we judge them a failure or a success? It's interesting that we're never told, right? We're told, that, oh, yeah, yeah, when we put these gun laws on the books, we get these programs in place, things are going to be better. And if they don't get better, it's, well, just give it a little more time. Or <laughs> we, just need, we just didn't put enough gun control laws on the books, right? We haven't done enough. We've got to have more. I'm not buying it. I haven't bought it for a long time. I'm really not buying it now. And uh, again, lives are being lost. Families are having to say goodbye to loved ones when they don't have to. They shouldn't have to. Because of the unwillingness, the inability of these Democratic politicians to take crime seriously. The problem isn't guns. The problem isn't the Second Amendment. The problem isn't firearm sales. The problem, violent criminals acting without consequence. And it's up to the police and prosecutors to ensure that those consequences are there. And it's up to officials like Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney to ensure that police and prosecutors have the resources that they need to ensure that those consequences exist. We have a failed system right now. And rather than fix those problems, Democrats just keep wanting to point the finger at you and I and other law-abiding gun owners. Well, I've got a finger to point right back at them. But again, because this is family-friendly, I'll just let you imagine it. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report as well. We'll start there with a uh, story out of Georgia, where a gang murder suspect uh, now facing 20 years in prison for crimes that he was originally sentenced to probation. Mm -hmm. uh, and while he was out on probation, he is accused of murdering 
a teenager. This is Baldwin County, Georgia, WGXA News. 21-year-old Keandre Bolson accused of shooting and killing 15-year-old Jamani Solomon in the parking lot of a Huddle House restaurant in March of last year. Officials say the Bolston's a member of the G-Shine Blood, Solomon a member of the Gangster Disciples. DA's office said that Bolston had a hearing last Friday during which the judge revoked his probation and sentenced him in connection to multiple charges not related to Solomon's killing. Yeah, see, it turns out Bolson was serving probation as a first offender for a case from 2018 that involved two thefts of firearms, two counts of possessing marijuana, and an undisclosed misdemeanor charge. And now, since he's facing charges of murder, the uh, judge went back and said, all right, we're revoking your probation. Now you're going to do 20 years for stealing these firearms. Look, I understand this was a first offense at the time for Mr. Bolston. So maybe 20 years would have been a little too much for a first offense. But there's a hell of a lot of middle ground to be found between probation and 20 years in prison, isn't there? And again, when we hear gun control activists and Democratic politicians say, we need to get tough on these people, or yeah, you're right. When somebody goes and steals a firearm, yeah, there should be consequences for that. Just because it's their first offense, they get a slap on the wrist and they're sent on their merry way. Again, what happens when there are no consequences for crimes? The criminal believes they can get away with it. And why wouldn't they? They have gotten away with it. If Mr. Bolston maybe had been sentenced to a couple of years in prison as a result of the theft of these firearms, well, he probably would have been out on the street to allegedly commit this murder in March of last year, and he might have had the uh, change of heart behind bars. You know what? I don't want to keep doing this. I, 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 this is not the life that I want to live. Instead, felony convictions, no prison time whatsoever, until he's accused of murdering a 15-year-old. And uh, today's recidivist report, there you go, 21-year-old Keandre Bolston of Baldwin County, Georgia. Our armed citizen story today from the Bay Area of California, where a homeowner shot and killed a man who tried to break into his home in Pleasant Hill, California. According to uh, ABC7 in San Francisco, this is the third such defensive gun use in the last month in the Bay Area. Uh, this particular case started uh, Tuesday around 5.45 in the afternoon. Police got a call saying that there was a man acting erratically, vandalizing cars, banging on windows in the neighborhood, and then a man believed to be an intruder entered somebody's apartment. Police say that he was later found inside the living room suffering from gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital where he passed away. Uh, Laura Bryan, one of the uh, neighbors, told KTVU that the intruder tried to break into her home as well. She said he was stumbling all over the place, making loud noises. She said she was so scared she hid behind her couch, called 911. She said the man tried to get through her front and back door, but both were locked. He then moved on to the duplex next door where he was ultimately shot and killed. Now, police are continuing to investigate. Uh, I, Even though this is the Bay Area, I suspect that this is going to be ruled as a, a justifiable homicide, given that this individual, uh, again, broke into somebody's home and was confronted there. But we will keep our eyes uh, on this case. But again, as I mentioned, this is the third defensive gun use that the news media have reported on anyway in the Bay Area over the last month. Uh, in mid-June, a 51-year-old in Santa Clara, California, shot a prowler who was sneaking in the backyard, broke a window, and then kicked in the back door to uh, get in the home. Uh, earlier this month, a homeowner eating breakfast with his wife in Fairfield, California, heard a man kicking open his door 
and uh, breaking into the residence. He then shot the intruder twice with a legally owned firearm. So, look, even in the Bay Area, people are getting fed up with this violent crime. They're getting fed up with the excuses by Democratic politicians. And they are choosing to exercise their right to keep and bear arms in self-defense to protect themselves and the people that they love. And if this has happened in the Bay Area of California, one of the most, quote unquote, progressive places in the country, you know damn well that it's happening uh, in the rest of the country that has a a, uh, a more appreciative viewpoint, historically speaking, uh, of our Second Amendment rights. All right. And finally today, our uh, good deed of the day. An uh, off-duty officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a, a deputy in Georgia uh, make an arrest. Uh, Centerville, Ohio, police officer Adam Bennett was uh, driving home, I guess back to Ohio from vacation. This was uh, July 24th. He spotted a deputy trying to arrest somebody on the side of the highway. Centerville, Ohio police officers, uh, or Centerville, Ohio police said in a statement, quote, um, Officer Bennett immediately pulled his car over, identified himself to the officer, and then assisted with the arrest before anybody could have been injured. The uh, Coweta County Sheriff's Office says a, a woman involved in the incident had been pulled over by a deputy for a window tint issue. Uh, the deputy discovered that the woman then had a suspended license, and while trying to arrest her, uh, quote, she became resistant. The deputy had asked extra officers for help, but Bennett uh, was the first there on the scene. He didn't even hear the call. He just happened to be driving by. Other off duty officers uh, uh, also stopped to help. Once they got Fowler in handcuffs, uh, they searched her vehicle. They found uh, uh, drugs, uh, what they suspect were uh, cocaine inside. Centerville, Ohio police say uh, we are proud of uh, Bennett's actions, which exemplified many of our core values officer safety, attention to detail, team oriented, sense of urgency. Uh, and professionalism. So again, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing there on the side of the road in Georgia, Ohio officer Adam Bennett. We thank you, sir, for your good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Thank you for being a part of the program. Excuse my um, exuberance. Nah, that's not quite the right word. Excuse my anger. I mean, that's really what it is. Excuse my anger during the show today. I do try to keep it at an even keel. But like I said, I, I'm just so fed up with these politicians making excuses for their own failures at the cost of human life. I'm done. Done with this. But I'm not done with the uh, Bearing Arms Camera Company. We'll be back tomorrow, as a matter of fact, with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. Uh, don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Stories about your right to keep and bear arms that you need to know about. You can also become a VIP subscriber to Bearing Arms. Just go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You can get 25% off of your VIP membership. We certainly do appreciate your support. And uh, to say thanks, we'll give you exclusive analysis, commentary, news stories, and more. And, uh, and you will be showing your appreciation because you'll be helping to support programs like this each and every day. So it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. At least I hope it is. Have a great rest of your hump day Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.